1: All right, let's, uh, busy night, busy night, a lot to react to, uh, that was a banging card, uh, UFC 250. but I don't even feel like I can start there because of what has gone down. Um, I've already put up a segment on YouTube about this, about the UFC cheaping out with some of their bigger stars, John Jones, Jorge Masvidal, Masvidal did another interview tonight, on Sports Center, which I, I thought was a little bit of a weird place to put it, but it ended up being pretty good timing because of what ended up happening after the card. And we will get into UFC 250, but, um, you know, like I would say probably a half hour after the card, then maybe a little bit sooner, uh, we had a statement from Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor once again has retired from the sport. I have lost count of how many times he's done this. I feel like this is probably the third time he's officially put it out there. But he says, hey, guys, I've decided to retire from fighting. Uh, thanks for all the memories. What a ride it's been. Here's a picture of myself and my mother in Las Vegas. Post one of my world title wins. Uh, pick the home of your dreams, Mags. I love Whatever you. Whatever uh, you desire, it's yours. So a uh, little statement from Connor. He's out. Uh, George was on sports Saturday night with Kenny main um, really went into the revenue splits and how he's upset that he makes 18% of uh, whatever fight card he's out here promoting and wants to make something a little bit more equitable for him. And then of course we know the story with John Jones. He wanted the money for the super fight. Um, just got done watching Dana White's press conference. He was asked about all this stuff. And I gotta tell you, like, uh, you know, there's a lot of times where Dana will. J- Dana has a move, and a tick. Where if you watch a lot of these press conferences, first of all, it's filled with sycophants. It's filled with a lot of people who are just like, "Oh my God, Dana, you're the best." Um, you know, and and that's and and, and you get a lot of that. Like, oh, you're the first. First of all, I've watched. I I always wanted to do do any of these media people do any type of research before going to cover a Dana White press conference. Ergo, like, do you know how many people have asked him already about being the first league back, the protocols, people who are mad at him? It's literally the same questions all the time, and it's a waste of time, and it makes these press conferences go, uh, you know, way into the night. And so a Dana White press conference, it probably should really be about 10, 15 minutes of real new meat it's got like an extra 15 minutes of ass kissing fluff and stuff that doesn't matter. The big story should have been bantamweight division, how great Amanda Nunes is and your fighters unrest. And instead I got to deal with these dudes talking about the pandemic thing again. And it's like, he's literally talked about this four straight cards. What are we doing? But let's get to, to, to the matter at hand. So Conor retiring my first reaction to it was and, and normally um when, you know Conor retires it's trolling it's got something behind it like he's not really retiring right like Conor McGregor a, a guy who is still in the prime of his career still has a lot of money to make he's not calling it a career it has a message it has a purpose so what is it and I think it kind of goes in line with what I was talking about uh previously um And that is that the fighters aren't happy right now. And the UFC is using a pandemic to try and cheap on their participants and cheap on their fighters. And look, the UFC and the UFC with pay, it's nothing new. This has been a problem for a long time where they have gotten everybody under the tent of the UFC. And so they dictate the terms. They get these guys in super long contracts. Got revealed today. You know, Horry Mossfield just signed an eight-fight contract. I think he said John Jones is a six-fight contract. You know, has tons of... You know, they, they sign these guys on long-term deals, so as they can't go anywhere. Um, but we're in, a t- we're in a time right now where it's funny. You know, he was talking today, and he, and he almost boxed himself in. You know, Dana was talking about how well this pay-per-view was trending. So let's just say that's... Let, let's say it's true. Let's say it's not true. Who knows, right? Um... But let's say it's true. Amanda Nunez, even in a week where I didn't see her on any ESPN programming, uh, she is the goat and maybe, you know, she does have a loyal fan base following and people were really into watching the sugar show. Uh, Sean O'Malley is a young star blossoming. Another guy who was claiming about pay today, by the way. Um, let's say that's all true that, that, that this, this was trending. Uh, I, you got to say that part of the reason is, is that you're the only show in town, which he did allude to. And he wants to put this on, well, I don't know what our business model is going to be because I can't have any fans in the stands. And it's like, yes, but you're also saying on the same end that our numbers are bigger than ever. Our YouTube video numbers are bigger than ever. Our uh, our pay-per-views of Amanda Nunes are, tra- are, are trending better than ever. And so when you hear these types of things and you're like, yeah, you're having this loss somewhere but you're having gain elsewhere. Then the the ESPN, you've said you've caught up. You are not owing of ESPN any events. So on your end of the bargain nothing has been whitewashed. You are completely on level with your negotiations and contracts. And you know, he he made this point tonight and you could just tell he was drowning a little bit because People are getting hip to the fact of, okay, the UFC is trying to use this pandemic to hold off their big events. I imagine a Conor McGregor event because Conor's one of those guys that you get a legit fan number four of like $15 million. You don't want to lose that. So they're trying to kick the can on him as far as possible to get some damn fans in the building. Vegas has just kind of opened up. So if you can punt on Conor a little bit and not have to worry about paying him. Um, you know, you you inevitably will be in this spot where, you know, you don't take it on the chin as much because you got to pay Conor McGregor, what you got to pay Conor McGregor. Um, but the problem with that is, okay, Conor McGregor wants to continue fighting and he told you he, t- he let everybody know that this was a year he wanted to be very active, wanted to fight four times. And it's not Conor McGregor's problem. That you want to do things on the cheap, which is very, very clear, um, with Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal is one of your big stars right now. Uh, you know, maybe it took a long time for him to get there, and and maybe you just gave him a new contract or 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 whatnot. But you know, if you are offering him less to fight for the belt than he did to fight Nate Diaz, that seems wholly silly. And second of all, all of these guys are trying to to to. to look at you and they're looking at you sideways because you're up there talking about what the Denver Broncos are doing and what college football is like, why do you think college football doesn't want to come back? College football can't have attendance. It's like, yeah. Also though, college football pays their, their, uh, athletes and participants and everybody who goes to see them a whole total of zero, zero dollars to raise those guys. I guess if you want to get fancy about it, you could talk about, their scholarships and what it costs to feed them but holy hell man like what do you that's the argument you go with is college football why do you think they're not coming back because they they don't want to lose out on the revenue you can't you can't take tell college players to take less what are they got to pay tuition what's less than 0 um the NFL look there's been rumblings that maybe they'll they'll uh, they'll, they'll uh, have to cut some fans but For the most part, the NFL's monster is NFL ticket on Sunday. Most people are going to be sitting on their asses at home watching the NFL and their gazillion dollar television deals. So they're going to be all right. And everybody here is hip to the fact that most of the revenue for these franchises and these leagues and all this stuff comes from TV. And you're here sitting here and talking about how You know uh, Amanda Nunes, who has a piece of the pay per view. She's gonna make a ton of money, and all these kids are gonna be young stars because you got seven million views on YouTube and whatnot. Yeah, man. You want to know why? Because we're all sitting around doing nothing. And by the by, guess what? Here's a crazy thought: If you have Jorge Masvidal fight Kamara Usman, or you have John Jones fight Francis Ngannou, they could be monster monster fights. Although it's not. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out. Ah. I kind of much rather do that fight with fans, so I can put more money in my pocket. But as Jorge Masvidal told you tonight, that means nothing to him because he gets no part of the gate. So it's one of these things where you know he wants he wants a pat on the back for being first, and Lord knows, God, you've gotten enough of them. But I guess I guess six press conferences of reporters kissing your ass is not enough. And by the way, I just love this uh, the the ominous uh, f- factor of. You know, uh, I don't even know what's going to happen. And, and quite frankly, the first people who are going to get laid off are, are, are the media. It's like, look, look, hombre. Media has been used to getting laid off for, for a long. Don't know where you've been, Dana White. But media jobs are getting cut left and right, have been for years. So I under, I don't know where, uh, where that one comes out of. I would worry more about like uh, people who actually have, you know, jobs that actually matter. And this comes from a media member himself, but. When we start losing uh, people who actually develop and bring something to society, perhaps that's something we should worry about more than uh, another blogger for MMA Junkie. But let's just say that's the truth. All these—what does that have to do with your fighters getting paid? You know, what is who is sitting there asking you the same question six straight press conference? What the hell does that have to do with what Masvidal is getting paid, or why you're keeping Connor on the shelf because you can't you can't foot the bill on him? Or why you won't pay John Jones what he's worth for a super fight against the the scariest mother bleeper in the entire sport. All of this stuff is just circle jerking. You're just talking in, 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 in long sentences and long forms. You make loud noises and you hope, all right, everybody's gonna back down, other than Kevin Ioli. Uh, but but and then when Kevin Ioli, even Kevin Ioli is asking you just sound questions of like, I mean, don't you think it's kind of weird that you have all of these fighters in one week? Telling you, hey, kind of upset with my pay. And Sean O'Malley, who, by the way, is creeping into that one of the most recognizable guys, and we'll get into his performance for tonight. Right up there, just want what's fair. Just want what, you know he's not saying that he deserves John Jones money or Masvidal money or Conor McGregor money, but he wants what's fair. He doesn't want your 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 bum ass Dana White Tuesday night contender series contract. Um, so yeah, man, it's 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 got to be. One of those things where uh, I really saw a guy who was flustered tonight. Um, I saw I saw a president of the UFC who I thought didn't make a whole lot of sense. Didn't have a lot of good answers. And uh, it is unfortunate that that turned out to be, I think, the the prevailing story of the night. Because, holy hell. I mean, I, I i told you on my previous segment that I did this. I said, I started off by saying in the video, this was a bad week for the UFC. And I did still believe that, that it's not great that you have the biggest names in the UFC all threatening to walk away or walking away, whether you believe it or not. Um, Because holy hell, the sport is fun. And man, what an awesome card it was tonight. It really, really was. But it's impossible not to look at, you know, the biggest name of the sport and Conor McGregor. And if they were going to do anything, and I don't know if this is going to mean anything for a union or Whatever, but if they were gonna do anything, that was a switch. You need him. You need Connor. You need John. You need Jorge Masvidal. You know, I don't know if the Diaz, uh, if Nate Diaz would uh, would sync up with this. DC doesn't seem like the type of guy. He's too. He's too company bound. I don't see him uh, stepping into the forefront of doing it. Um, but you got you got the horses. Like those are the guys you want if you if you want to really make a change. Um I think you got the I got I think you got the three guys you would want. I mean the only other guy I think uh really could add anything to it is uh Khabib, but you know, uh we haven't heard anything from him or really any of uh um of Ali uh, uh, and his clients. I guess camaro has been upset with some pay, so you could add him to the list, but you know, I don't put him as as great a fighter as Camaro is and I do think the world of his skill set. Um you know he's 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 not that I think yet as a as a uh, as a fighter in his star power. So um, look, this is uh, this is going to be an interesting thing to follow. It really is. Now look, Dana White may not give a rat's ass. Dana White may think to himself, "I don't. I, I would rather just wait it out. Let him be angry. Let him be angry, and it'll turn into a storyline later on." Because you know eventually um, they do all come back. Connor definitely has a few money. Doesn't have to come back. Um, you know, but if Masvidal does have a new deal that is more beneficial to him, I imagine that he is going to end up fighting soon, sooner rather than later. Uh, John, I don't know. You know, John's John's probably more well off because he's been uh, he's been making millions for a while. But even still, um, the fact that you're going to have a sport that you saw. Look, this is not a sport I, I ever want to say is dead in the water because we saw tonight a lot of young talent, a lot of fun talent on display. But it'd be nice if those guys got to fight on some star cards, man. And if you're telling me that Amanda Nunes was pulling good numbers and she is the lady goat, she is she is the best there is, best there ever was, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Um, imagine if you had the ability to to put these guys on even bigger cards than with her, even though you're claiming that her card tonight did fantastic. Uh, let's get into a little bit of it with UFC 250 because it's about um, – all the recap, I guess we just sit and wait and see what happens. But it felt like tonight; it did feel like tonight something shook up, something. shook when Connor throws his hat in the ring, you know, you hear you hear Jorge say what his piece. Um, kind of the first time he's ever he's ever spoken in, in 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 this term, standing up for himself. Always been a company guy. John, you know, has, has done this sometimes, but this is definitely the most vocal. Um, definitely threatening to, to put his, his title away. Like, it's just, look, man, if you are in a spot where your bantamweight champion slash flyweight champion leaves, your light heavyweight champion threatens to leave your bad mother bleeper champion is threatening to leave and your biggest star retires out of nowhere. Something's amiss and something's not right. And something uh, needs to get fixed. And I told you right now, I tell you, that UFC, that C stands for cheap. They're cheaping it out right now, man. And Dana wants to put this ominous cloud. Here's what, here's the thing, though. Dana wants to put this ominous cloud of oh, you know, the world is the world, it's about to get a lot worse. You see the job, the layoffs, and you see the job, uh, the, the stock market, and you know, first, first, first goes the, the bankruptcies and then goes the real estate and blah 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 blah. And it's like you're just okay. Maybe all of that is so, and you're a gazillionaire, so you probably know economics a lot more than the average Joe, you know. But what does it got to do with anything with your guys who don't get a cut of that of, of that pie you're talking about that 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 gate pie that isn't a thing with you? What does it have to do with anything? You're still getting your your ESPN checks. You're caught up, baby. You got that you got that guaranteed deal with the mouse. You're keeping up your end of the bargain, and according to you, numbers are bigger than ever, bigger than ever, booming than ever. So why would why would the fighters feel sheepish about asking for more money? That's where that's where their cut comes from. So I just uh, I just look at it and I laugh, man. I I I I uh, I, I was like, what? This this is a guy who is drowning a little bit up here. And I don't, you know, Dana White normally feels like he's in control of the room or he can shut people down. He didn't have good stuff tonight. He really didn't. Um, You know, it it felt like he was late on a lot of fastballs with this stuff because it was coming at him out of nowhere. I understand the Connor stuff kind of was just sprung upon him. So was the Mossfell stuff. He just got done with the card. But it was uh, very noticeable. I always thought, uh, you know, that he, he wants to sit here and he wants people to feel bad for the UFC in the spot that's it's in. It's like, you guys are all right. You know? You know, it's it, it, it's it you still got this this television deal. You guys are putting on fights. You're doing you're not, and by the way, you're doing it on your own property. You don't have to rent any venues, you don't gotta, you know, travel anywhere anymore. You're in this little UFC apex, so don't act like that's not cutting some budget out of it, also. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at right now with that, man. I do want to get into what happened. UFC 250. We had a, a really fun card. I tell you what, man. I am a big, big fan of doing all of these car, uh, uh doing a bunch of good fighters in division. I really liked the setup tonight of the, like, the Bantamweight Showcase. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I mean, you had, you had yourselves some great fights. Uh, you know... Sean O'Malley, who looks like he's kind of the biggest star blossoming in the UFC. Uh, you keep wondering, like, all right, is, is he going to be too good to be true? And instead, he takes Eddie Wineland and he just puts a vicious, vicious knockout on him, stuns him, uh, d- deads him, does it walk-off style. He's got the Takashi 6'9 rainbow, uh, rainbow braids. He was wearing the rainbow fro. Throughout the entire week, um, he's just got the look. He's got the charisma. You know, he's telling Joe Rogan that his knockout's worth a hundred thousand. Uh, he's telling, he's, he's saying he's the best striker in the game. He's not forcing it like Conor McGregor. He's his own personality, but he's just got he's just got an X factor to him. I think as as DC said, he's got it, and that showed that showed man. He was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Neil Magny and Rocco Martin good fight a, a lot of a lot of energy expended by both of these guys i thought that the decision was right um, on on the realm of 29 28 it ended up going 30 27 on two cards but i thought that uh thought neil did a great great job in that fight um and so you know that was probably the, the most ho hum of, of the of the card because the rest of them were just absolute barn burners you had Aljamain sterling uh, just absolutely annihilating Corey Sandhagen, getting himself a rear naked joke, put Corey Sandhagen out. The Sandman was put to sleep. Um, Aljamain Sterling, Aljo look, he looked incredible. And I, and I feel bad because here's another thing. They, they ended up, you know, this vacant bantamweight championship that just kind of came out of nowhere because Henry Cejudo isn't getting paid what he should get paid. Um, they end up going with Peter Jan against, uh, uh, against Jose Aldo, and you're like, eh, what? What? And Dan like, yeah, well, I just, I, I just wanna. And you watch tonight, and you're just like, wow, really? We're gonna go to the Jose Aldo well? I, I, like, that's, that's where we're gonna go. We could just have this fresh, you know, this fresh, uh, that we have this fresh crop right here of bantamweight stars, and we're gonna go to the past and give Jose Aldo. And look, this is cool. Like, go to that, go to that well, man, of, of, you know, the the late 2000s and and you go and you do your fight islands with you know Shogun versus Noguera, and you do your you know Gustafsson versus Verdoom and you do your Jose Aldo title fights even though you have all these lions and these killers at at 135 um whatever comes of it Aljamain Sterling for sure should be next in line for the title shot whoever comes out on top of that fight um and I think it will be Jan, but we'll see uh Aljamain Sterling definitely deserves the next title shot but man I tell you what uh like a rocket Cody Garbrandt and his knockout of Rafael sunsau unbelievable corner pocket out of at the buzzer of round 2 annihilate him you didn't think there was a shot Sean O'Malley's knockout was going to be touched tonight Cody Garbrandt very arguable that he had the better one it was definitely the more I, <sighs> more vicious. I would almost say like it, Sean's the way he delivered it was so technically sound His little faint on the uppercut, uh, dropping him with the right hand. But Cody's was just so vicious. It was like, it was like something out of mortal combat. Um, like if I had to give, if only one of them was able to get the bonus for that night. And I think they both got them. Um, yeah, no fight of the night bonuses, Alex Perez, Sean O'Malley, Cody Garbrandt, Aljo all got performance of the night bonuses. Um, I would give the nod to Cody, but they were both fantastic. I honestly think that's the fight they should do next because Cody's Cody was nine of this fight, and I think uh, Sunset was five. And, you know, Sean, Sean, I don't believe is ranked yet. Let me double check on that because I don't want to sound completely ignorant, but uh, I think he definitely will be after his knockout. So I think what they should do is have those two up against each other. The only the only thing I could see again is maybe you don't wanna you don't wanna put two absolute killers in there and 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 knock somebody out. But you know, I'm looking at it right now. Cody Stamen's probably gonna go up because he got a win tonight against Kelleher, even though it was at 145. That was just because of timing. Um I definitely think you're gonna see O'Malley jump in there. And I think that, yeah, if Cody goes to, you know, if he ends up going, let's say a Sunset drops, they're gonna put Jose into the top five. I mean, it's going to be weird because Peter Jan, I think he's probably going to go. He's probably going to go up, and Aljo should probably be number one after tonight, which is kind of strange because there's no champ. But I really think that that would be a fun fight if they put if they put Cody Garbrandt uh, and Sean O'Malley. Man, that'd be a hell of a matchup. I can see some. I can see reasons against it because you don't want to. I think you have two. You know, remember Cody's still young. He's only twenty eight. Uh, and, and Sean O'Malley's 25, so maybe you want to give Sean O'Malley somebody uh, a little bit, uh, uh, you know, maybe a little bit less dangerous, and maybe you want to give Cody a little bit more time to to rehab, and maybe you could set those two up more on a collision course. But, you know, Jose, Jose and Peter, they're out. They're not going to fight each other. Corey just lost. I guess you could argue maybe doing, you know, Corey and Sean as a possible fight. Um, so, I don't know. I just think that it would that would be a fun matchup. The two guys who had like the knockouts of the night pit them up against each other. Even if it is, um, even if it is Cody probably probably ideally doesn't want to take on a young killer like that who's not ranked yet. Uh, it is going to be a highly anticipated fight. I mean, it definitely could be a main event for uh, a fight night. I think that's what they should probably do. You know, like have those guys headline on ESPN. I think it'd be an absolute monster. I think it'd be I think it'd be amazing if they did those two against each other. Um, what else do we got from tonight? We have oh, oh Alex Caceres, Shout out to Miami, Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy, who comes from the streets of Miami, the back streets of Miami. Although he is a he is a a vegan, almost like a vegan monk. He uh, he put it on Chase Hooper today. Uh, Chase Hooper is a friend of the program. We do like Chase. Um, definitely has some growing to do. I I, I did agree with. Uh, DC and Rogan's point where they that this was maybe too big a leap up. And maybe that's the argument to not do uh O'Malley versus Cody Garvey. Maybe that's too big a leap up for, for Sean, but you know, Chase is young, young, like he's, he's 20 and they gave him Alex Caceres who has 20 plus fights in the UFC. That's crazy. Um, But I, I, I still thought that chase showed a lot of heart. He didn't, he didn't, even though it got off to a really bad start, he got put on his ass early. Um, he weathered it. He just didn't, he just, he, uh, he went up against a guy who had too many tricks in his bag to just get overwhelmed by his skill. And I think that I hope they give him a little bit easier of a fight next time because he's the, he's got a lot of potential. He's, he is hilarious on social media. Um, you know, like Ben Askren, you know, like Ben Askren, I think he says, I'm like, I was disappointed in your son. And he said something like, "At least I got mom's chin," because the joke is, you know, Ben Askren and uh, Ben Askren is uh, is his father. They do look alike; it's 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 undeniable. But um, yeah, that was a big that was a big leap up for him. But by the way, speaking of the commentary, I th- but I, I gotta I gotta say this as da- Daniel Cormier right now, one of the best things going in sports commentary. He is so damn good, and in a lot of ways. You know, like I know this this may be blasphemous to say. Uh, I really feel like he's past Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan has been known as the voice of the UFC for the longest time. It's not a big fight unless Joe Rogan's calling it. Uh you know, biggest pot you know, biggest podcast in the world, gazillion dollar deal with Spotify. I get all that. I like Joe Rogan's show, especially, you know, mostly, you know, depending on the guests and all that, whatnot. Um, I like hearing when he has the fighters on. Joe does give a really big platform to these UFC guys, and I think that's important. But I think that DC DC to me is like a guy who's in his prime and Joe's just a little bit too like, you know, Joe's bag of tricks, just a little bit too much. Joe almost decides on a fight like immediately on how it's going to go. And, you know, then by like, you know, three minutes later, he's convincing himself of something else. Uh, and DC right now, he's almost like in that Tony Romo level of he sees things that are coming before they happen. His passion's amazing. He's just the best thing going right now. I, I just I really, really believe that. Daniel Cormier is incredible. And he uh he did a great job tonight. The uh the the performance of uh the performance of Amanda Nunes tonight against Felicia Spencer, goats doing goat stuff, man. That's that's that that's that's the lioness. She is she's the best for a reason. I think that uh her last fight against Durandami. Maybe a little bit lackluster, you know. They talked a lot about her bad weight cut in that uh, in that last fight. None of that tonight. None of that tonight. Tonight was an absolute demolition of Felicia's measure. They made a big deal about somebody betting a million dollars in Amanda to win, like I think a hundred and sixty grand or something like that. But I thought that Felicia, I thought it should have been stopped after the fourth round. I thought it could have been argued to be stopped after the third round. You know, the judges who have it fifty forty five. How uh, that judge doesn't have any ten eights. Is beyond me. The judges who have fifty forty four the, the 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 fact that you only have 10-8 is beyond me. Uh, we watched destruction. She she destroyed Felicia Spencer, and I think like not to MMA math it, but I think that this is uh, you know to put another feather in the cap of Amanda. I think that this is uh, just a showing that yeah, she's a cut above Chris Cyborg. That wasn't no fluke, and you know they, they Felicia fared a lot better against Cyborg. Once the most intimidating force in women's fighting, Amanda's Amanda. Not only did she take that title, but she's taking that crown. She's she's just that damn good, and didn't look like she was uh, smiling as the fights going on, just doing it stress free. Was ragdolling her to the ground, so taking her down like it was nothing. Um, It was uh, it you know nearly choked her out at the end of the fourth round. So she she just beat her in every single fashion. Felicia Spencer had nothing for her other than a really big chin. And, you know, I, I think that Amanda is, you know, cementing her legacy. I don't really know where she goes from here. You know, some people are saying, well, let's do Valentina again. I don't think that's fair. You know, that to me, that's one of those things where, like, that's not even fair to Amanda. You know, she's taken on... Valentina twice they've been close fights um and at that point it's almost like you're gonna you might end up catching her one time like Valentina may end up catching her one time and people may think that flips the legacy and it doesn't you know Valentina is great but she's never gonna have the legacy of knocking out Ronda Rousey knocking out Chris Cyborg beating Misha Tate, beating Holly Holm, like really beating the pioneers of the sport and becoming the undisputed best ever. And, and now, and then of course, beating the champion that Valentina is twice. I don't think it's fair to ask her to fight Chevchenko again. The And the only thing that I would ever be interested in with that is if like, if it was possible for Amanda to get down to 125 pounds, but after knowing how much of a struggle it was for her to get to 135, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Amanda versus the scales. I don't want to see a, a a TJ Dillashaw situation where, you know, she's got to use something to get down low and just isn't herself in that kind of a fight. I just don't want to see it. Um, what is next for her? I think she's just done everything. Like they were talking, you know, it's kind of cool seeing Clarissa Shields get a bit of a shout out tonight. Um, her doing some kind of a crossover freak fight like that is fun. I, you know, Clarissa has been talking about this Layla Ali stuff for a long time, but I think her fighting the, I think the the lady, you know the the quote as uh, as uh, Clarissa du, du, uh, dubs herself and uh, Amanda, of course the 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 champ champ goat of mixed martial arts. I think that's fun. I wouldn't mind. Would you you know would we be down for like a hybrid? You know we've talked about these hybrid fights before. T- Tyson Fury's talked about this before, um, or even a boxing match. Even I, I think if you were going to do Zufa boxing, right. If you were going to do the, if that was ever going to be a thing for Dana white, you know, he's talking about this to, to, to high hell, this was Zufa boxing. If you ever were going to do it, you should do it, uh, with this, with this kind of a crossover, you know, you are the, you know, you made, uh, you took women's MMA to a level boxing's never been to women's boxing has never been to now do that with this. If Clarissa gets the win, maybe you can kind of be the hub for her and, Um, see if you can make her a bigger star than showtime ever could, because she, I think is a little bit frustrated with where her pay is at and where her, uh, where, where she's at as far as the sport is concerned. And, you know, she's kind of running out of stuff too. You know, when you're calling out somebody who hasn't fought in 13 years, you're, uh, you're, 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 you're looking for stuff. You're scrounging for stuff. She's, uh, she's broken the Lomachenko record of, you know, three, three titles faster than anybody had done it. So, I uh, I would like to see. I would like to see that. I think that'd be fun. I think I may you know there, there comes a point, like Connor. I think there comes a point where Connor did everything there was to do. He beat everybody there was that to, to beat a featherweight. He then won the lightweight title. He did something nobody had done. Win two titles simultaneously. Well, now Amanda's done something that nobody's done, which is she has defended two weight class belts. Never been done before. When you do that. I think you're allowed some kind of a some kind of crossover, something a little bit more fun, something out of the box. Let a let a let a contender emerge. There's not because right now in the women's it's not even like where was it was at lightweight with Connor, where there were other guys who were deserving of title shots and stuff like that. Right now, this is a women's division that needs to regroup and find somebody who somebody finds to be a legitimate threat. And so while that's going on, let Amanda go do something that makes her a heap of money. Maybe he's a little out of the box. Get her an outsider to come in or let her go out if she wants to. I know she's having a kid with uh, with with her wife, so maybe she just wants to be a mom. I don't know. But uh, I think as far as combat sports is concerned, she should be allowed to do something fun. But an awesome performance by her, man. Uh, as flawless as it gets. And uh shout out also to uh Herbert Burns. Got himself a win to kick off the car tonight, won by rear naked choke in the first round. So the Burns brothers, they have uh they've had themselves a good couple of weeks. And yeah, that was uh that was your that was your UFC two fifty card, man. an uh, action packed night, a good night of UFC. It was good to get the taste out of your mouth after all the bad stuff this week that was bugging me. But then it was all kind of brought back to full circle after Connor had his uh retirement tweet. So is what it is. Um, either way, it was uh, it was it was a fun night. It was a fun night, a great night of fights, and very much enjoyed it. So that's our show, everybody. We love you, and catch us next time. All right, welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury here on seven ninety. The ticket. Uh, as far as the uh, the return of boxing, we got boxing coming back on Tuesday. Shakur Stevenson's gonna be on a top ranked card. They're gonna be doing these weekday cards. I'm th- I'm happy it's back, man. Uh, it's been too long. Missed the sweet science um so it'll be good to see it back I think we're gonna have a lot of the feelings that we had with the UFC first coming back you'll watch anything you're just excited to watch some live action that's for sure so that's what's coming back uh coming coming our way tomorrow and they uh coming our way on Tuesday rather uh as far as some news this week is concerned so we got a couple things one uh this was exciting I was down for this fight uh, Freddie Roach was talking to, to Chris Mannix on his podcast or on the Zone show. I don't. Know, does Chris Mannix have a Zone show? I saw the Zone, so I imagine they're doing something with Mannix. He does a good job. I like his podcast. Um, and Freddie was talking about one of the guys that that Manny might fight would be Triple G. And man, I got to tell you, first of all, I love the fact that Manny has had this this resurgence. You know, we talked to. Keith Thurman not too long ago, and Keith talked about just just the the, the 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 interesting stuff that he's got going on as a fighter. But I just love the fact that Manny is back here, where people pe- you know, people wanted him to step away from the sport. They thought that after he lost to Juan Manuel Marquez, it was over. And certainly, like look, this hasn't been the same guy. The guy who lost to Jeff Horn, even though I think he was robbed in that fight. Um, he's been he's been so entertaining, and I just think that. He is a guy who can uplift a lot of guys in, on this platform, but if we're not going to uplift guys who need it, uh, if you're going to do something just as a freak show, something that's a little bit fun, man, him versus Golovkin, I mean, that is a fun fight, a fun, fun fantasy fight. Now, I don't know how they do it, because Freddie says, we're not going to do it at 160 pounds, and I so then I don't know where you do it, because... Gennady is I'm trying to look like what is the lightest Gennady has fought at right now so we could get a look at it he last middle 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 I mean it looks like he's been at 160 pounds I think that's pretty much been his entire career you know so he's been at that 160 pounds is he gonna go to 154 could they make that happen um you know what is like what would Manny even come in at that like that was just i thought that was a fun fight just because they're both two go forward guys i think it's an intriguing clash of styles cuz manny's going to have the speed he's beaten bigger guys before never this big it, it reminds me a lot of uh you know it would be uh, very similar i feel like to antonio margarito him taking on that but that was still at 147 that wasn't a that wasn't a, uh, was a 154 fight, and this is, I don't even was think, was Antonio Margarito, was that 147, or was that 155? All I remember is Manny beating the brakes off of him, breaking his orbital bone. Um, let's see, Antonio Margarito, disgraced Margarito, uh, 5'11", so he's even taller than, uh... looking back on the Margarito fight, that was for the WBC Super Welterweight Championship of the World. And Manny came in on that night at 144. He came in on fight night at 144 pounds to Margarito's 150. I gotta imagine that was probably like a, that was probably a uh, con, uh, a contracted uh, catch weight, like he couldn't exceed that, but it was technically super middleweight. Um, and on fight night, Marquez, uh, I keep saying Marquez, on fight night, Manny was 148 and margarito was 165 so could you do something like could you could you make gannetti be 160 on 165 on fight night like that's the highest he could get perhaps i don't know that's a tough one I, i don't know if you could you're talking about like if you had him to get like let's say you had to get him to 155 pounds is it possible i don't know he's older so I, I don't know if it's, you know, if I'm Gennady, I'm just like, nah, you want to fight me? Fight me at one one sixty I think that I tell you one thing though, if I was Gennady Golovkin, the reason I would consider it is, you know, he has been in this, this tiff with Canelo for a while and Canelo has been like, Oh, you know, maybe I do this. Maybe I do that. You know, kind of jerking, jerking Gennady Golovkin around. Oh, I, you know, I, I'm personal. I'm not going to give him the rematch now. If I'm gonna lob's gonna be like, I'm fighting uh, Manny Pacquiao Playboy. I'm making that happen. I'm making that a thing. Is it likely? Nah, yeah, probably not. Manny's uh, you know, it seems like actually there's a lot of momentum coming back towards Manny fighting uh Terrence Crawford, which I think would be fun. Every one of those welterweights wants to get their hands on Manny. Whether it be him, Errol Spence. When we talk to Keith Thurman, he wants the rematch, obviously. Um I think, you know, the, the, unfortunately what what it what it comes down to is I'd rather Terrence and, and Errol fight each other and almost like that'd be the prizes and even the belt the prizes you get to fight Manny Pacquiao um but that's not gonna be the case obviously I mean you know they're both gonna try and and get the thing that's gonna be interesting though is I wonder what is like the money situation you know Al Heyman a lot of people said that Al Heyman bailed Manny out of a tough spot so does he have some loyalty to Al Heyman now uh he had some bad breakups with with uh with Bob Arum obviously with financial stuff there so does he want to go and Make one of his guys uplift again. There certainly have been some questionable top rank decisions with Manny where it seems like they're trying to uplift a guy, Timothy Bradley, Jeff Horn, just to name a couple. Um, so could that be an issue? I don't know. But I just saw that, that fight this week. And Now, uh, here's another one, though. If we're going to talk about that, and maybe Freddie's considering that because, you know, they think that that Gennady's a little past his prime. Very similar to what Canelo did with Sergei Kovalev, where you see a guy... Obviously, the, the, the age isn't the same factor because Manny, Manny's older than, than Gennady or they're about the same age. Um, so they're in that same bracket. But but Canelo's like, oh, I'll take on an older Sergey Kovalev, Kovalev. I could beat him. And honestly, Sergei Kovalev was probably ahead on the scorecards till till that uh, vicious knockout that Canelo put on him. But I'm trying to say... Canelo... Canelo's 29 now. He just he's been winning it. Now he's going up to big light. He just won the light heavyweight title. He's won the super middleweight title. He has been at light middleweight, and of course he has fought at welterweight. Uh, who did he? When did he fight Floyd? That was that was at middleweight, the light middleweight championships. So he's been at 154, uh, but it was a long time ago. So could he get back down there? I don't feel like it's as much of a challenge at 29 as it is for Gennady being at uh, his age in in his late thirties, but you know, he's, he's allowed himself to fight at much bigger weights more recently. And Gennady's kind of just stayed where he's been. He's been at this, uh, at this, the same range the entire time. So I love it. I love it. I hope it happens, man. By the way, I saw that this, this is funny. So, so Antonio Mar- uh, Marcos Maidana, Argentinian slugger, he, uh, he he put out some photos of himself looking good. I, I guess, uh, you know, I don't know if these are recent or not, but man, if you have looking on some of the old photos of Marcos Maidana, my man was looking big. But Marcos Maidana, I tell you what, he put the, his first fight against Floyd, you know, it wasn't as close as people made it out to be, but he certainly hit Floyd with some stuff that hurt Floyd. Like Floyd's face probably looked... As bad after that fight as Floyd in a lot of fights, um, and he's a fun fighter, man. I like I like Marcos Maidana, so if he can come back, I think that'd be a fun one as well. Uh, this is another one too. Speaking of Canelo, he's reportedly being uh, cons- he's reportedly considering Anthony Durrell uh, as his September pony. Really wants to fight in September. The thing that's that's weird about this though is Darrell lost to David Benavidez in September. Uh, last September. So, I'm finding it surprising this is the route they're going. I gotta tell you, man, this Canelo deal with DAZN, if I was DAZN, I'd be pissed. Now, understood this is different circumstances. As we were talking with the UFC stuff, this is different circumstances because you can't have fans, and Canelo's in the situation where Canelo draws huge gates. Like, he is, he's a guy where, when he fights, it's a huge event, it's big for the uh, for the promotion, he's a monster, all that type of stuff. But, I mean, good lord, man. Like, if we're talking about this Canelo deal with uh, with DAZN, which he signed, I'm trying to think, we got that gotta be the Canelo deal with DAZN was right here with Rocky Fielding. He announced that he signed a three hundred sixty-five million dollars five-year deal, so essentially a ten-year deal, a ten-fight deal. Right? Most people think he's gonna fight twice over that span, um, and his fights have been Rocky Fielding. Where he was just going up to get a title. Nobody thought that Rocky Fielding had a chance. So it was a gimmick fight. Danny Jacobs. I like Danny Jacobs as a fighter. I give him credit for that one for sure. Um that one's a that one's an absolute monster. Danny Jacobs is never easy to beat. But, you know, also Danny Jacobs is getting up there a little bit. And he didn't take on, you know, I think the Danny Jacobs who who was uh who was like putting putting it on Gennady Golovkin when, when I when I really thought. That they these two on the doorstep, Gennady versus Canelo, I thought that fight uh, that that Danny Jacobs beat beat uh, beat Gennady Golovkin. So there's that. But Canelo fought Danny Jacobs. I'll, I'm fine with that on a contract. If I'm paying a guy three hundred sixty five million, I'll, I, I'm fine with that. Then he fights Sergey Kovalev. Okay. Sergey Kovalev, well known guy, but not what he was. Certainly past his prime fighting for the light heavyweight title, so he's fighting for another bout. Now you're going to fight a guy who's coming off a loss, and a bad loss, in Anthony Durrell. If I am John Skipper, and I am the people at Zone, i got to be thinking to myself, what the F are we doing with this? Like, honestly, are you keeping... And, and I say this as somebody who was was a customer at Zone. Was. I'm obviously not... I mean, I, I obviously was... I'm not now, because there's no boxing going on, but I, I did cancel uh after i think it was the ruiz joshua fight i'm just like what's the point of this like because you know there weren't that many fights that were cute you know they made it seem like oh you're gonna stick around every month you're gonna get your money's worth it's like yeah not really i'm not 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 at ten dollars a month maybe i'm feeling like i'm getting a bargain when i'm paying twenty dollars a month which compared to what you're getting on espn plus i'm getting ufc and boxing when you talk about showtime which costs $15 a month and I'm getting awesome shows. Like, I just felt like the zone bit off way more than it could chew with this Canelo deal with giving all these, these contracts out. Um, it was, it, and I get it. You need to get people over there to watch, but I, I, I mean, with them, I got to be like, you know, when we were talking last, last, last segment, we were talking about the UFC and you have the matchups you want. And these guys are willing to fight, but could you just pay them something respectable? If I'm if 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 I'm paying Canelo Alvarez thirty plus million dollars a fight, thirty six million dollars a fight essentially, right? If he wants to fight, if I have you fight a grizzly bear, like that's kind of like what I expect you to fight. Like if they ask him, hey, uh, here's the thing, we want a crossover fight. You're fighting Anthony Joshua. Uh, if I'm Canelo, I'm saying okay, because like that's an insane amount of money, and it's crazy to me that the that three have three of his fights. One is against Iraq, that four of his fight, three of his fights in this deal. Uh, he's had Rocky Fielding and and Sergey Kovalev in, in, in essentially what were belt collector fights. That's what they were. They were they were essentially put out there so he can go and collect belts. And you had Sergey Kovalev, by the way, who almost lost to Anthony Yarde, uh, came out of nowhere with that win. Um, and then Rocky Fielding, uh, you know, just nobody thought that he had a shot of losing that fight. So I don't know, man. If it's Anthony Durell, good for Anthony Durrell. Congratulations on getting the Canelo fight. But my God, that's something there. Uh, so look, boxing's coming back this week. We're excited about that. Everybody appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll uh we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. This week sucked for the UFC. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, you know, it's it's fantastic and all that they were the first ones back and that you know, they made such a charge and were trailblazing to, to get back to professional sports. And I do think that, um, there has been some great normalcy in having some live sports back and that's been great. And you know, this is a sport I love. I love combat sports. I love boxing. I, I love mixed martial arts. I'm not one of these weirdos who doesn't like, uh, who prefers one over the other. I like both equally. If you give me a good scrap, I'm all down. Um, but you know, from all the good that's come of them being the first ones back this last few weeks, man, as far as the careers of some great fighters has been quite depressing, quite depressing to, to, to have the news this week. Uh, we found out that Jorge Masvidal not happy with, with his negotiations of the Kamara Usman fight, which is not surprising. I think once we started hearing rumblings that he wanted to fight Nate Diaz, um, because according to him, they're offering him half of what they were going to, uh, what they, what they paid him to fight Nate Diaz. I, I just find it. Um, I find it depressing that we're at a point right now where this promotion that came back with this, uh, this, this guns blazing meta, uh, attitude that we're going to be the first ones back. We're going to stay normal. We're going to do all this thing is now going this route of cheaping out their fighters. And, you know, UFC fighters as a whole are underpaid fighters as a whole are underpaid. It's why I don't get crazy about people making fun of old people fighting. Uh, it makes me, it makes me upset that these guys have to have to live off their glory for so long because so many people are in their pockets, taking advantage of them. And I understand that, um, you know, a lot of fighters are helped along the way. And, you know, people helped them from the beginning, so they feel they should have the come up. But they, I think way too many people have a slice of that pie for way too long. And I look at things this week where I see guys like Jorge Masvidal ask for his release and John Jones get mocked by the company president and ask for his release. And Henry Cejudo retiring in his prime with uh, a couple of championships to his name and, you know, finishing legend after legend. I see all this stuff, and I'm just like, "Well, where the hell? Where is this sport going?" You know, a sport that recently sold for four billion dollars has a television deal with the worldwide leader in sports, has guaranteed money coming to it on every pay per view from Mickey Mouse. Um, did what it said it was going to do, and as far as coming back in the midst of a pandemic, did it with no fans, and is now acting like that is some plight that they have to deal with. It's weird that you use something like that as a badge of honor, but now all of a sudden, when your entertainers, the people you need to actually make this happen—not just your big mouth that goes out there and you know spouts about things like Fight Island and you know how media are the softest ones out there—the actual, actual tough guys who step into the cage and are asking for what's theirs and asking for what's rightfully theirs when there's only a very few who are are, are bona fide stars right now, currently in the midst of your promotion conor mcgregor john jones if you want to count george st pierre in the hope that he comes back habib Nurmagomedov, made up jorge masvidal the diaz brothers who you said weren't a draw but you know that they are a draw now you're saying that the reason for a draw on jorge masvidal but before they weren't a draw when it was conor mcgregor you can't make up your mind there that i know it's it's very confusing at these times and to see things like the greatest fighter of all time to do it uh want Money that is equate, uh, that is uh, the, the same as a, a, a heavyweight champion in Deontay Wilder. You mock that, which by the way, Deontay Wilder took way too long to get paid, uh, as it is, but he wasn't making that kind of money until this part of her. career. John Jones has been much more relevant as a fighter, uh, for a longer period of time and has been a, a bankable fighter much longer than Deontay Wilder has, and that's just a fact. Um, it's great that Deontay has gone to this concoction and has this great rivalry with Tyson Fury and he has reached where he deserves to reach. But John has been there longer and has been in his, our been in our, 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 minds as sports fans for a lot longer, sometimes for the wrong reasons. I'll give you that, that you, you know, you want to say that, Oh, you stuck by, by him through tough times. Okay. But this is uh, this is fighting. This is not the morals game. This is, this is two men pitted in a cage in their underwear, looking to, to go knock their heads off. And who knows if their careers will continue after that night is over. So when John wants that kind of money and he gets mocked, if and Jorge Masvidal been in the game for pushing, uh, 16 years, uh, you know, near, so nearly two decades. And he's out here saying things like he wants, you know, to get taken care of and wants to get taken care of like the star that he is. It's not even a question. The guy's a top five star in the program right now. Um, you were talking literally in February about if he wins the title, wanting to have this grand hometown fight in Miami because you have seen how this city has embraced Jorge Masvidal. Now, all of a sudden, he's not worth it to you? That's weird to me. You know, that's that that we're, we're at this point where you pick and choose. One time, Nate Diaz, the Diaz brothers, not a draw. Uh, now, they're the reason for Jorge Masvidal being a draw. But like, maybe they're all draws. Did you ever think about that? That just maybe the right concoction of fighters together, maybe people want to watch that. And so we're at this point right now Where I'm pissed off as a fight fan because I don't see the fighters getting taken care of. And the other thing that drives me bananas about it is that you are up there on a press conference saying, well, we have a big part of our our business missing, the gate. Okay, the gate is missing. The gate is missing. However, one of the things that we've also seen is record television numbers on ESPN for documentaries. People talking about old sports. You're telling me that numbers want to be through the roof from a television standpoint now that bars are back for pay-per-view. I just I find that absolutely wild, especially especially if you were to get this match in before the NBA comes back. Um, this dilly dallying and, and dipping your toes in the water and Fight Island is real to me. Damn it, is just look. I, I love you know it's a great market idea. Cool, Fight Island. You're coming at me with Nogera and Shogun, bro. I mean like what is this 2005? Like, give me the guys who are relevant now. Put them on Fight Island. You're telling me putting Jorge Masvidal, Kamara, Usman on an island of fighting, Mortal Kombat style. You couldn't, you can't market that. Fran Ngannou versus versus John Jones. You can't market that the right way. Come on. I mean, you know, give yourself some credit in that regard. But also take care of the guys who are actually putting on the show there, not you, because they could be in any promotion. It could be anywhere and you just happen to have them under under your umbrella. So do the right thing and take care of them. And the other thing that drives me, you know, that drove me nuts this week was hearing the president of the UFC spout off about how other leagues are, you know, making their players take cuts. First of all, let's talk about that. The NFL has not done any of that. They're kings, they're number 1. The NBA is forcing eight regular season games to fulfill their their, uh, their inventory to leagues, their, their cut is going to be about 10% for most players who are making, most of them, guaranteed money for multiple-year contracts, millionaire contracts. The NBA is well taken care of. Major League Baseball, okay, you want to saddle up by these losers? I mean, good God, they're going out there, and they can't even agree. A, 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 a sport that for the longest time, you know, blushed at the idea of shortening their season is now openly telling you, ah, we'll play 50 games. Like they're going to go and play a third of their season because they're so cheap and they don't want to pay the guaranteed contracts they've given out to baseball players. And don't even get started about how, you know, you have, you have players in major league baseball. You can't even have the market. I'm not even talking about the superstars like Mike Trout who who could walk down the street and nobody recognizes. I'm talking about you have utility guys who have guaranteed contracts that have grander fortune and have less fame than any UFC fighter. It's bananas. Like you talk about the guys who are taken care of in major league baseball, and they're not even a blip on the radar. Some relievers, the money that they can get and pull in to, to throw an inning of baseball. And yet you are getting upset at the idea that some fighters are asking to fight five rounds, risking their brain, risking their skin, risking their eyesight, risking their lives at some, at, you know, And the idea that you want to say, oh, well, other leagues are doing... Dude, other leagues are not asking their players to put their lives on the line. And the one that is, if you want to argue the NFL, their players have not taken any cuts. They have not. So I I just... I find all of that hilarious. The other thing is you want to... You know, you sat up there plenty of times and mocked boxing and how much better you're doing it than boxing. You've, You've gotten them all under the umbrella. You are right that you have gotten everybody uh basically who matters under your tree outside of maybe a couple of Bellator fighters who people would love to see in your promotion but the thing with boxing that's destroyed it is you know the 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 hoarding over over certain things and not making the fights that people want to see you know disagreements and and keeping things safe what made you you what made the UFC so special is we always got the fights we wanted to see you could always go out there, and now you're you're out openly out here mocking players uh, or fighters, and and saying, "Oh, how da- how dare you ask for more money? We all want more money. Oh, dude, you're you're a gazillionaire. You're you're out here trying to buy the palms. Like you're you got so much fortune, you don't know what to do with. These guys are trying to set themselves up for their lives with just you know maybe a handful of fights left, and you think that they should be grateful for it." I, I just, I found it, I found this a very disappointing week that Jorge Masvidal, um, John Jones, two guys who met every UFC fan, every MMA fan loves to watch fight um, are being looked upon like ingrates when all they're trying to do is get what they should get, which is star money. They should get star money. They deserve star money. And if you think that you can roll out here with Fabricio Verdun versus Alexander Gustafsson on fight Island, and that's going to get you draws. Okay. If you think that this novelty of you being on every single week is going to keep ramping up your numbers, just because the brand UFC is there. You got another thing coming, man. It's going to wear down. That train is not going to be what it was. And to have Two one champion vacate, another threatened to vacate, and another one wanted to walk away. What is that? (laughs) Like, what you you think that's all that's all just greed? Like, I understand that everybody is facing tough times right now, but for the longest time, you wanted to be among the great sports leagues that we have in this country and this world. And right now you're acting small time when you talk to big game. So I just, I, I find all of it, uh, very disappointed, man. You know, the UFC for the longest time, ultimate fighting championship is now you could throw out the championship and just throw and, and just throw it for cheap. Like that's what it stands for. Now UFC ultimately financially cheap. That's what we got now. Get it engraved on the belt. Make a belt out of that. The cheap bastard belt. How about that? That's what you should do. You know, you're walking around here. We're making belts just willy nilly interim titles, BMF titles, how about a cheap-ass title? That's what we should give Dana White. Throw, throw it up on there. You know, raise it up. Look, I know Endeavor's going through a hard time. To- and, and the other thing is, you know, if you're a fighter and you're seeing all this stuff that goes around, you know, this is a long time where this has been a property where a lot of secrets...
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears?